Welcome to Designing the Robot Revolution. In this episode, David brings us some thoughts on innovation, and we talk about ideation and how we can relate to this in the age of AI. So, Jacob, I've been reading this article recently about how AI might kill innovation. And this is representative of some right. of the different articles I've been seeing in the depths of Medium recently. But So quoting from this article, it says, AI systems are inherently based on the past, analyzing data to identify patterns and predict outcomes based on the exact past. All Ooh. outcomes will always be based on something that happened before. If we were to massively adopt AI as we're doing now, we're creating an environment where new ideas will not exist. There would be no inherent creativity in artificial intelligence. This will make it so that AI as a replacement for creatives will lead to a homogenization of ideas and a lack of diversity in thought. And this got me thinking about how we're using AI today in our jobs for innovation and ideation and what we think it might mm. happen in the coming years as these tools become bigger and wider. And I've seen these and I think they're 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 worth addressing because there are so many in my mind misconceptions of how how humans work and how culture works and how brains work. Uh so we should we should really di dissect this a little bit. I think it's interesting. Like I think for one many of these articles have the premise the, the, the premise is wrong. I think they are looking at ideas like these flashes of inspiration that comes in and takes over someone completely and just transform their life and then the world. I think, do, do we have any good examples of, of uh, transformative ideas? I think uh, take electricity, Edison. He, he's he's often lifted up as a as a as a person, an individual that has transformed the world through his his innovations. In fact, that was the uh, the, the 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 cumulative effort of many many people that have been working for on these issues of electricity and um, light uh, for a long long time. And he was a very very good businessman. That made a lot of money off of it but he's not necessarily a genius in the sense that he just sat down one day and he came up with electricity and yet we have this idea don't we this light bulb moment so there's this misunderstanding yep. about what ideation is and what the true ideation process is in truth it's a messy process it's not this light bulb genius where you come up with something yep. that's a common misconception it's messy the second misconception is that ideas are actually worth anything. Ideas are a dime a dozen. It's all about how you execute and what you do with it. So I agree, Jacob, we're coming at this from there's a misunderstanding, a baseline of misunderstanding about the what the innovation process is and what ideation is. So yeah. let's accept that, take that as a, an initial um, thing. I think there's one more thing, though, that is a big misconception that we need to bring up before we can even deep dive into these uh, these articles. And that's the effect of culture on our ability to think original thought. Uh, we're not that special. We, we don't come up with ideas that are out of, of nothing. 
The we don't we can't come up with an original thought that is out of the air that is nothing. We 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 use culture to massage what other people have written and said and we take that and we put it together in a context where we have a, an issue and then from that we can have a good idea quote unquote uh that will solve something but this idea that we can take something out of nothing and create value is ridiculous let's go back to this idea of that they're saying that it will lead to the death of creativity or counterbalance with some other articles I've seen are the complete polar opposite of this. They're, they're promoting platforms that claim to be able to solve your yeah. entire ideation process or your entire innovation process. What's your thinking about this? I think it it's unlikely to happen, right? I think um, we, we, we're not going to see this massive explosion of ideas probably not going to see people stop coming up with ideas i think it's unlikely but i'm more interested and i know that you've been working heavily in in these areas with innovation and and ideation and like have you had some actual use that isn't this magical snap of the finger just okay now the ai came up with the idea we're just going to implement uh and make a ton of money like because that that seems unlikely uh to me i've broken yeah. down i work a lot with ideation in my day job and i've broken down the ideation process into different stages and different tasks and there are some tasks within that overarching process which generative ai is a great help for for example you might work with a team of engineers and english might not be their first language or they might not be used mm. to conveying ideas in a, an imaginative way based on their initial output of a concept an idea you can use generative ai to improve it to augment it to be, get it to be described better to be more customer focused to give us high level business case for example you can also get these ideas similar level of fidelity so mm. generative ai can be a great tool to augment the description of ideas it can also be a good partner to kind of bounce around off and have extra ideas or angles thrown in. But it is a lousy generator of ideas. And so whenever I see these platforms online that claim to be able to manage the yeah. entire ideation innovation process, I don't believe it. But I think the biggest risk with that is that we miss out on the things that generative AI is good for because it disappoints on being able to solve the entire innovation process. And we miss out on the things that it's really good for. The going to the point of this article that's saying there's this risk that if we outsource innovation to, to an ideation to an AI, we won't get any new ideas. There's some truth in that, mm. in the sense of AI models based on historic content. Therefore, all they're doing is remixing um old ideas yeah. but as you said earlier on actually that's the context in which a lot of ideas come remixing and everything's always been a remix right but i do see an additional risk if we think we can outsource the cognitive load and therefore we don't sit and do the deep thinking work that might be whatever mm. it could be sitting in front of a whiteboard it could be in your notebook or it could be thinking about it when you're in the shower all the cliches of where the deep thinking comes we if we lose that because we think the machines can do it for us, 
then we really are going to be losing something that's valuable. On the other hand, I can see the opposite, right? You can see a scenario where people use these tools to practice this skill of coming up with good ideas. I, I, I think I, I have seen a tendency from people that I speak with, and I, I think that it's, it's true for me at least, that I use these tools to have a conversation with the AI about ideas that I have. Yeah and refine it and come up with new things. And in, in, in fact, I feel like it's training me to do these tasks really effectively. But then again, sometimes when I lose focus, the, the AI just runs away with whatever I was working on and it becomes nothing. It just, it, it's so, there's a, such a delicate balance of, of quality and the common denominator that I've seen when it's has a good output that has some originality that ha that conveys a meaning or an idea that I want to come up with is when I have been very much in control of the conversation and I've kept the AI on a very short leash. So I think if we're if we can practice using these tools in a way that is constructive, uh, then maybe maybe we are just turbocharging our ability to to do the hard work. But then we have to be aware of what good methods for doing that really is and and understanding that it's hard work that takes a lot of effort and, and energy i don't know what's your thought yeah on that. so what you're saying there really is that there's still the human in the loop that it is a tool it can be useful to be a tool to help but it doesn't replace the human mm. And but if used correctly and if and, and with good prompts and you know how to use the prompts well then it can speed up and improve certain parts of the ideation or yeah. innovation process. And I, I agree with that. Um, as I say, I think the risk is that there's an overhype over what the belief by executives oh, yeah. who are investing, looking at their headcount, looking at how their organization does innovation, and they believe the hype and think, oh, we can just use this platform and that's going to replace my team of innovators and creatives. And yeah. I, I see that as a risk. But the bigger risk is that actually it disappoints and we're, we're missing the low-hanging fruit. We're missing the things that it can today do. Yeah. And those are some of the examples I gave earlier on of how I'm using it to, to augment tasks within the ideation process. And I've seen great results with that. And I think that's true. And I think there is some merit in thinking about how we can move from a personal responsibility to to use these tools in a way that augments us and like upskills us. I want to when I come out of using these tools I want to feel like okay, I learned something today about how I can interact with this tool in order to better make it output things of value. And it doesn't matter what it is, but in this case it's ideas it's a lot about communication as well, right? It's hard to separate the communication about the idea and the idea itself because it's as you refine the communication, hey, David, I've written this text about this thing that I want to solve for you. That can help in the ideation. And if we do that very carefully, I think we can become better at communicating our thoughts and our ideas. And that in of itself is, a, is an effort that I think is worthwhile. But that being said, how many people sit down with, I don't know, chat GPT or, or whatever tool that you're using, ideas.ai, um, 
and think, oh, how can I take away learnings from this so that I do it better next time and that the value is is bigger? Uh, and I think we need to maybe start think about how, how, how do we educate ourselves uh, in the the use of these tools so that we also get better at the creating the desired outcome. Yeah, not being lazy, not thinking, assuming it can solve yeah. everything for us, but being ambitious in the parts that it can solve for us. So how are you listeners using generative AI in an ideation or innovation process? Have you found parts of the process that you find it works great and delivers good value? Let us know. Get in touch. Tell us how you're using it. We'd be very keen to know. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you should definitely share a link to a friend so that they also can listen. I think the most relevant episode from our library is the episode that you've already referred to uh, when it comes to this, the the, the ideation and the, specifically the de-skilling is our episode with Chris Nossel, where he speaks about uh, technology and how it tends to make us forget how to do certain things culturally. And I think that's a very, very good primer for, for diving deeper into this. There's also the episode with Mark Fontaine where we talk in more detail about how we're using generative AI within some of the design processes. So that also goes into more depth around some of the specific use cases of how we're mm. using this in our day-to-day -day work. We will link to both of those episodes in the show notes. Yeah. I think one last thing that we could say here, and it's just maybe between you and I, is it's interesting how little design tools have come out because people have been working intensely on this and we have our processes for doing things. So it feels like it, there could be just a case of putting a layer on top that asks you for information and creates a customer journey or something or a, an insight. Um, that doesn't seem to have happened yet. That's the next generation of tools, I think. Yeah. So right now we're in this product for every single use case. And then what we're going to be seeing very rapidly is integration of generative AI into the primary tools we've already yeah, been using. Like Miro, Microsoft Hypolar, Miro are doing it and Adobe are integrating it into theirs. And maybe that offers new better ways of mm. integrating into the workflows and having it as this assistant that can prompt and help. Um yeah, because yeah. yeah, I actually saw um, one of those whiteboardy things. I don't remember which one. They had this uh, AI clustering of ideas, but it didn't really work well because it couldn't make connections that were implicit. It could only take the direct words mm. and put those together. And, and much of what we do is take things that we've understood from an interview or or some some other thing and and put that together with yet another thing that is a little bit weirdly connected and i think mm. that's one of the places mm. where but how many uh, when it comes to the de-skilling effect on that how how many people are doing that now i think mm. that's a, a luxury that we have having studied design and worked with design so long is actually taking the time to do that i think that's always been hard. I don't see it getting easier now, but maybe not harder for people to work that way. 
Uh, yeah, the post-it notes are a representation of the data, not the data itself. And the right. AI is re- limited to just receiving what text is on that post-it note, whereas a human is taking that as a prompt to remember the wider data point that that post-it note represents. I think that's that's a good illustration of the limits of these AI tools. But also the strength. If we understand that, we can have the AI, I don't know, uh, create better formulations, better sentences mm. to, to do the... And mm. one thing that I have done is I've, I've taken um, a set of ideas mm. and compared it to my description of what I want to solve and asked the AI to give me back a summary of which of these ideas take up what aspects of the problem. And then I even went one step further and I had it make give me su- suggestions on how I could reformulate the ideas to better fit with the problem description. And that's where you need to be a little bit careful. Right? You need to do that slow so you go, go back and read so that the AI doesn't just add something random to, and that destroys the integrity of that process. I think that's where it goes wrong so quickly and becomes nothing. Like, oh, no, this didn't work. It's, it's, it's crap. But it's just I haven't been careful enough to stop the AI from adding or taking away things that were, in fact, value-adding. I think that to me is a really like, oh, that's so hard. It's such a skill, like talking about de-skilling, but that's a skill that we need to learn and become really good at is controlling that, finessing. Totally. Um, And giving the, on the flip side, giving the direction to the AI of this part is very significant. Focus in on this part. Don't talk about that. It's the human in the loop again. 